Creative Studio Academy, Semester 1, Session 5. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. Well, I'm definitely excited to introduce to the Academy today, Greg Hickman. He is the host of the Mobile Mixed Marketing Podcast. And so he covers a lot of things regarding mobile strategy for businesses, especially how they can be able to reach out to their customers, be able to have the best possible experience. And so inviting him in today to be able to talk about different things about mobile and why we should make sure that mobile is a primary concern for us, that we keep that at the top of our mind whenever we are creating content whether we're an official business or whether we are just creating a blog, a podcast, or something like that. And so I'd like to welcome Greg to the studio today. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks for having me, Joshua. Well, I'm definitely excited. And so I first uh, met you, Greg, um, I think it was back in December as we were approaching New Media um, Expo, and I was invited because I was a podcaster. And so um, in that that mix of trying to get some information together, uh, you were part of the uh, package, if you will, of some information that was uh, uh, given to me. And so uh, I definitely was very intrigued because of uh, the content that you brought regarding mobile devices and uh, trying to uh, market using mobile. And so I started listening to your podcast, and I've definitely thoroughly enjoyed being able to do that. And so it kind of brought my mind um, back to really trying to think about the mobile experience. So why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do, and then we'll uh, jump in from there. Sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I got started uh, in mobile in 2005, working for a small agency back east representing a bunch of professional sports teams. So, you know, before the iPhone got in there really early, saw that it was just an amazing way to connect uh, with with customers and an audience. And really, that was the kind of the way that things were going to go. And then the iPhone came out and it was sort of a game over for me. And I was like, this is where I need to stay. And, you know, kind of since then, I've started my own text message marketing company, shut that down, worked for some big brands um, and a handful of small businesses, uh, kind of creating products and mobile marketing campaigns and Got to the point where I wanted to educate more and started my own blog and podcast called Mobile Mixed. And that has grown since June of 2012 and you know led to a lot of speaking arrangements. I have um, a, what I call the Mobile Marketing Business Academy where I'm training other people that want to build their own mobile marketing business. And um, I have my own kind of side service company where I go out and offer mobile marketing services to to small and medium sized businesses. So it's been really great. I mean, I'm at 107 episodes on the podcast. So I've been doing that for a while, sharing just all the different ways, tips, strategies, interviews with experts on why mobile is important, how it can be implemented and, um, you know, 
what to be doing with it really in, in your own business. So as you look at um, the idea of mobile, um, we, we can get really broad um, as we <laughs> think about that. Um, what are some of the major um, aspects that someone needs to keep in mind as they try to think of a, a mobile audience? Yeah, I mean, to be even more broad, um, everything you know, everything is mobile. Um, so like everything we're doing as business owners and marketers is mobile. Uh, you know, emails predominantly opened on mobile, Facebook, Twitter, most social channels are used predominantly on mobile devices. Um, you know, we have our mobile device when we're in store shopping at places. So, you know, podcasts, most of podcasts, 61% are listened to from a mobile device. So I think just the way that people consume content in general has changed. And it's happening on smaller screens. It's happening in different atmospheres. They're not always sitting in front of a computer. They are in the line waiting somewhere. They're in their car driving to work. They're running, um, listening to a podcast. And, you know, we as business owners and content creators need to think about what situation our, our kind of avatar, our customer is in when engaging with us and how can we make that a better experience. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it's going to be, on a mobile phone, maybe not nine times out of 10, but more than 50% of the time, you know, you're dealing with people um, engaging with you from their mobile device. And, you know, if you have, uh, you know, a brick and mortar establishment, you know, allowing people to be able to find you is important. Um, if you uh, have content, you know, that is super deep and engaging, you know, how to type stuff, um, you know, you need people to be able to read that wherever they are. So you can't neglect anybody. And really it's because, as um, you know, as a business owner, you have no choice in how, when, where, and on what device your customer chooses to connect with you. It's just not in our control anymore. Uh, but it is in our control to make those, no matter what experience they choose or what you know platform they choose to consume us in, um, to make it a good experience for them. And I think uh, you know, my my team shared a, a, an info, not an infographic, but sort of like an inspirational quote the other day that was getting shared around. And it said that you're not finished until you're incorporating mobile. And uh, that's kind of my mentality is like, if you're doing everything, but you're still not mobile, you're not done yet. Uh, because that's where the customer is and you have to be where the customer is. Now I've heard, um, I, I design websites and I've worked with websites for mm -hmm. a number of years. Um, and obviously, as the years have gone by, um, the the need for designing for mobile has become a lot more prevalent. Um, it's, it's basically a requirement now if you're going to be able to do anything with that. Um, and of course, there's a lot of resources available that make it a lot easier. But as we look at the idea of creating for mobile, there's a lot of different um, uh, terms, uh, catchphrases and so forth that I've heard. Um, like mobile first, mobile ready, mobile optimized. Um, maybe you can kind of uh, get our idea as far as how should we be approaching this? I mean, should we just worry about our content and then as we come back, try to um, then try to fit it together? Or, or what, what would be a good strategy for someone as they are kind of getting started? Yeah, so if it, it kind of depends on where they're, where, where they, what getting started means to you, right? Like, is getting started like they don't even have a website, or is getting started like they're just getting started in mobile? Okay, well, let's assume that they are um, a, a business, or maybe they, they provide a service, and they are needing to get a website um, because they've, they've heard all the big hype, and they, they see that everyone's going there. 
Um, so, so what would be a strategy that, that they could try to take as they get started with, um, but let's start with a website. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned kind of the, the term mobile first earlier and, um, mobile first has gotten kind of thrown around in a lot of different ways. Um, but it really means think about the mobile experience first. And really it kind of started from designers designing for the mobile web first, because when you design for mobile, you are automatically designing based on limitations. You have a smaller screen. So you immediately start thinking about what is the most important stuff that needs to be on this website. You go to a lot of websites today and there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of copy. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things going on, right? Especially from a design perspective. So, um, having you know this kind of mobile first mentality of designing the experience from the mobile device to bigger um kind of makes you forces you to focus and prioritize which content and which parts of your site are the most important for your user and as you get more real estate um screen real estate you can then start adding in things that might make more sense when the user has time and they're on a desktop computer so um i think if you're just getting started uh, I would, I would start designing for mobile first. In that, not because m- a majority of people will end up being on your site from mobile, but it will really force you to think about, as a business owner, what is the most important message I have to give to my customer when they access my site on a mobile phone. So it it does. A, I think it kind of is an exercise that forces you and anyone that's doing this to. Um, kind of create a hierarchy of their content that, uh, quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people do and will kind of set you up to say, okay, look, this is the most important stuff. This needs to be on there. You know, this isn't, maybe I don't, maybe I don't even need that at all on my site. It was just, you know, fluffy stuff that I was going to have on there that I thought looked cool, but you know, doesn't really add any value. Uh, so I think that's kind of the benefit of going through this mobile first, um, exercise. Um, but at the same time, you, you have to kind of say to yourself, you know, and I'm, and I'm the mobile guy about to say this. So this this means a lot is it's not all just about mobile. Right. I mean, like there is one web and mobile is just one way in which the web is consumed. You know, we can access the web on our smartwatches. We can access the web through our car dashboards. We can access the web off of screens that are now on the front of our refrigerators. Right. All of it's the same internet. It's all the same web. It's all it's one web, but it's being consumed in different ways and different platforms on different devices. And mobile just predominantly is, I mean, is just growing so fast in the way that people are choosing to consume content. And I mean, people are even starting to wrap, um, you know, car dashboards and, you know, smartwatches into mobile. You know, like I've seen people talk about um, mobile technology and it's the, you know, the the screens and access to internet on our appliances, right? It's just because it's not desktop. Like a lot of things, it's basically some people are starting to lump anything that's not desktop into mobile, which is not the case. It's just you have one web and there's many ways to consume it and mobile just happens to be a very big one. Um, so you can't neglect everything else. So I would say design for mobile first, but you're essentially designing your web experience. You know, what what do you want your customers to think and do when they engage with you on the web? Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've noticed that too. It's definitely a lot easier. I've, I've done it both ways myself. 
where I uh, look at the desktop version and try to work on a desktop version and then try to say, okay, now how can I make this look good on a mobile phone? Um, and it, it's very difficult to be able to try to um, do it that direction, um, which, of course, I mean, a lot of businesses and people have uh, tried to do it that way because they've had a um, a website um, that is customized or specific uh, specifically for a desktop. And then they realize, hey, we got to do something for mobile. And so then they try to take that and scrunch it into the phone. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's definitely a lot easier to be able to try to um, go for the phone design first and then and then be able to um, translate that to the desktop. Now, um, there's a couple different ways that um, this can be approached as well mm-hmm. that, that I've seen. Um, and you probably know some other ways um, as well. But two that I can think of off the top of my head are you can have a website for the desktop and you can have create a completely separate website for mobile mm-hmm. um but then uh, obviously something that has been a lot more popular here in the last couple of years is responsive design um can, can you kind of explain to us a little bit more about um those two and maybe you have some other options that you can kind of give us and maybe what your preference is yeah, so my answer is it depends, but I mean, there's a couple, uh, a couple different ways. So there's, like you said, uh, creating a separate mobile web experience, which you know you can see this um, by visiting sites like Walmart.com. You know, you'll see it get redirected to m.walmart, or you'll see you might have visited websites where it goes to you know domain name slash mobile. Um, so these are all uh, s- essentially separate mobile sites. They've designed them separately. In some cases, they might even be powered by a separate content management system. Um, Ideally, that's not the case, but sometimes it it is the case. Um, The second option is responsive design, which is um, kind of a a practice that leverages a handful of different techniques, one of which is media queries that will determine what size, what resolution is trying to access your site and then serve up an appropriate layout. It's one set of code, so it's not separate sites like the first, the first example. Um, it's one set of code that then responds to the, uh, the, the, the screen resolution and the layout. So some content might be hidden. Some content um, will not be. It'll be you know, reprioritized maybe. A great example of that would be to go to smartpassiveincome.com. A uh, good friend, Pat Flynn, redesigned his site using Responsive, and it's amazing. Uh, looks really great. If you go there um, on a desktop, just drag the bottom right corner of your browser window um, in from the right to the left and make the window a little bit more narrow. And you'll watch as the content shifts, the text, uh, you know, the, the size of the text modifies um, to be optimized for the width of the screen. Buttons go full width. Some stuff disappears. You know, photos of his face disappear. Um, so that's using responsive. That's a great way to go about it. Um, and then kind of the third hybrid is what's called mobile responsive, which is, you know, maybe someone, um, maybe someone, uh, you know, just spent money on redesigning their website, right? But they didn't design it with a separate mobile site and they didn't design it responsive. So, you know, the mobile experience of that website still is not very good. So what you can do is you can create a separate site that is responsive, but you only trigger that site when um, you can detect that it's a smartphone 
or maybe an iPad that's trying to access it. So if someone's on a desktop, they get your nice new site that you just paid for and built. But if they get any device that's smaller than that, they'll get this responsive solution. And then you slowly make um, you know, the, res- the mobile responsive site become the full responsive site. Uh, so that's kind of a new tactic that people are using that I actually like to use. Um, and tried, I just did an interview with a guy by the name of Brad Frost, who's like a huge thought leader um, in responsive design. And he did a project where they're doing this exact tactic. I believe it's, um, oh, what does he say it is? I, I forget the brand, but it's like a kind of like a Smashing Magazine style site. It's not Smashing Magazine. Um, but, uh, they're using this as well. So, you know, the, they're using a separate site, but it it is responsive. So they're covering all of their bases, um, like from a a mobile kind of mobile friendly experience all the way up until their, the size of their current site, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And so, right. Okay. Okay. Now, obviously, if we wanted to, we can probably get really um, geeky and technical. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, we don't. And all don't of that. that. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I I, I definitely um, uh, like the the different ways, and so I, people are coming uh, with a creative ways of being able to try to um, tackle this. And so, but yeah, those those are definitely some good um, perspectives there for those things. And so, like you said, it kind of depends on your specific situation as far as what would be best for you. Um, now you are also, um, uh, mentioned briefly earlier about, um, texting, um, and, and using SMS, um, for part of your strategy as well. Um, no, obviously that's not particularly directly related to a website, but, um, it is part of a mobile strategy. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about some, some things about using SMS. And so I know you're working on a uh, book regarding this as well. Yeah, the book's live. The book is called the SMS Marketing Handbook. It's available on my site or at smsmarketinghandbook.com. And I mean, SMS is text message marketing, essentially. And uh, MMS is multimedia messaging, which is, you know, picture video messaging. And uh, this is sort of how mobile really got started, to be honest, in my opinion. You know, text message marketing, that's what we were doing in, in, Oh five for a bunch of professional sports teams for them to engage with fans um, and even AT&T customers we did this for. And it's a, an amazing ch- marketing channel because of its immediacy uh, and, you know, really kind of the, the open rates. I mean, over 90 percent of text messages are read within three minutes. Um, so, you know, I can't think of any other channel that is as immediate as that, which so is pretty powerful. Um, and you know, it's, it cuts through all the clutter, you know, you get way less text messages every day than you do emails, um, you know, on a monthly basis, uh, or even weekly basis for that matter. So, uh, it's just, you're less, uh, you know, you're, you're cutting through all the clutter, you're getting through all the noise. Um, I mean, you have to obviously deliver value because of that, but, uh, there really is no channel that's as, as, as immediate as that. And quite frankly, you know, depending on where you're at in the world, uh, listening to this, you know, smartphones may not have, you know, gone over 50% adoption, you know, in the United States, we're around, I think 60 or something right now, but still that's a fair percentage of, you know, potential audience that you can't connect with because of your app, because they can't get an app on their feature phone, you know, their old flip phone or what have you. But I mean, 97 or I think it's like 99% of devices are SMS enabled. So it just offers you the most reach 
when it comes to any mobile marketing tactic that exists. So what would be a good example of someone being able to implement um, an SMS plan into their um, marketing? Well, first you have to ask, like, what's what's that business's objective, right? I mean, you have to anything you implement, you need to be asking, you know, what's my objective? Is this what can I do that will help me reach that objective? And and SMS is no different. You don't you don't just implement, um, you know, an SMS campaign because you can. You want to implement one that helps you reach your goals. So um, it's really really great for delivering time sensitive information. Um, so you know. A, reminders of maybe webinars or appointments or reservations is a very, you know, very great way to use SMS. Um, you know, there's a lot of doctor physician offices that use SMS to send appointment reminders that eliminate or at least decrease their amount of no shows each and every year, which, you know, for physicians, um, you know, a single practice physician loses over a hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue because people of just because of people not showing up to their appointments so if you can leverage text message marketing to send out a reminder two hours before the appointment and even lower that by 30 percent you've just recouped a lot of money that you were losing um so it, it can be really really powerful um a lot of you know again anything really time sensitive so you know last minute sales a brand new product that you want to get in the hands of your customers um, and really kind of get that out to them early. It's just a really great, powerful way to connect with your customer faster than you can any, in, in, in any other way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, I, we're going to be uh, wrapping up here, but I don't think it'd be complete looking at some, uh, these mobile ideas here. If we didn't mention the QR codes, Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard your opinion on this. Um, so why don't you go ahead and um, tell us a little bit uh, about your feelings about QR codes and then um, maybe some things to uh, think about or look for regarding that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, for the most part, most people use QR codes incorrectly, which have given them a bad reputation. Um, so marketers in general have screwed up the use of QR codes. Um they can, there can be really good use cases of QR codes. You just don't really see them very often. Um, and I, I think still currently, I mean, I haven't looked recently at what the latest reports were, but, you know, there's a handful of studies out there that say like over 50% of the United States still don't even know what a QR code is, you know? So for someone to find a QR code, uh, then download a QR code application to get, to get it so they can scan your code and then it, you, all you do is take them to your website, it's pretty much a letdown and you just wasted that consumer's time. And the, the real issue is that most people just slap them on to collateral that, and they don't include any sort of call to action. Like people are just supposed to know what to do with it. Um, you know, I know plenty of people that look at these things and they didn't even realize they're supposed to scan it. And there's no call to action that says download a QR code reader and scan this with your smartphone, like which you see a lot of big brands will like have some sort of call to action, like explaining what to do with this QR code. So there's just I just think there's so many hurdles and obstacles that you need to add just to get people to understand and how to interact with QR codes that it doesn't end up being that much worth your time. And then because it takes more time for that customer to engage with the QR code, then they have to 
um, you know, really be wowed with what experience you create and deliver at the end of scanning that QR code. If you're just having me scan a QR code to get to your website, I can most likely, and most humans probably can, type in your URL faster than downloading the application and scanning the QR code. So it's all a matter of how can you use the QR code to solve some sort of problem and or possibly make your customer's life easier or create some sort of fun engagement that they're going to want to participate in. So I just think mo most people use them incorrectly. So that's my why I don't like them. Um, because a lot of other people have ruined them for us. <laughs> <laughs> right. And of course, then um, I've heard you talk about this and I've experienced this too, um, not just QR codes, but just people um, just advertising in general is, is that you'll scan a QR code to go to their website and then the website isn't optimized for <laughs> yeah. mobile device. Uh, that's so annoying. So then you had to do all the pinching and zooming and all that kind of stuff. And you probably lose a lot of people just from, when you see that and so yeah absolutely and google actually statistically says that google says that um it's like 74 percent of people will only wait three seconds for your website to load and then uh, on a phone or three seconds and then um 47 percent will never return again if it was a poor experience and poor experience was defined by it loads too slowly or it wasn't mobile friendly or anything like that so yeah you you risk leaving a really, really bad first impression that, um, you know, could kind of risk, uh, you know, losing customers and or your audience. Right. Now, actually thinking about the, um, the speed, um, aspect, what are some ways, uh, maybe some of the top ways that you can list off real quick to help a person be able to get their site to a little bit load a little faster, especially for mobile devices. Sorry, can you elaborate on that or clarify? Sorry. Um, uh, uh, thinking about the, the speed, the download oh, speeds, um, what, what are some ways that people can be able to optimize their sites oh, okay. to be able to um, bring their speeds down? Or yeah, so um, images, image size is huge. Um, it really slows down your site. Um, and the number of redirects or server calls, you know, not to get too technical, um, really do slow down your site as well. So, um, you know, if your site, if you have a URL that redirects 10 times before it gets to the right place, that's going to slow it down. Um, and if you have like a thousand server calls to pull any data to your site, um, that also could slow down your site. Um, and like you alluded to, it's you know, not every person on their phone is going to have a high-speed internet connection. They're not going to be connected to Wi-Fi. So uh, you got to pay attention to how to make your website lighter uh, and load faster. And, you know, those are kind of three common ones. Okay. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate the time again that you've given us. Why don't you go ahead yeah, and you. just uh, let everybody know how they can be able to get some more of you and what you do? Yeah, so you can find me at Mobile Mixed. Dot com that's m i x e d uh, and I'm on Twitter at g j Hickman. All right, uh, and then for you that are listening, if you are looking for any more information regarding mobile, definitely uh, check out his site and uh, his podcast as well. And so he covers a lot of different things and interviews people to really dive in deeper into um, creating a better mobile experience.
Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed that discussion that we had about mobile marketing. And I do thank again, Greg Hickman, for taking the time to talk to us about the many things that he's learned over the years in his involvement with mobile marketing. And so I hope you were able to learn some of those key things that we need to keep in mind as we are creating content online that we need to make sure that we are creating things that is easily consumable on mobile devices. And so mobile devices, of course, is growing um, as far as the use. Uh, There's more and more people that are doing more and more things with mobile. There's even some people that are almost exclusively mobile. And so if they don't get a good experience on their mobile phone, then you may lose them as a potential customer, client, listener, subscriber, whatever it is that you're looking for. So you want to make sure that you are doing what you can to be able to target them and to be able to make their experience as good as possible. If you'd like to get the show notes for this session, you can be able to go to creativestudio.academy slash one dash five. And so you can be able to get all the links and the information that we shared in the interview. And I know that you would definitely enjoy being able to get that. I would appreciate it if you could take a moment to be able to subscribe in iTunes. And so very soon this will be available in Stitcher as well. But for now, we are in iTunes only and on the website. So if you can go to iTunes, you can go to creativestudio.academy forward slash iTunes, and that will help this podcast to become um, ranked higher in iTunes, which then will make it easier for other people to be able to find this podcast to be able to help them as they are on their content creating journey as well. And so I would definitely appreciate that if you leave a five-star review, I will be sure to thank you on the podcast. And so uh, take the time to be able to do that if you would, if you uh, find this content uh, uh, compelling and uh, informative. And so definitely would appreciate that. And so definitely stay tuned. And so this wraps up the first week of Creative Studio Academy. Next week, we're going to be having three sessions come out, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so they'll be coming out fairly quick. The week after that, we'll have three as well. And then I believe after that, we're going to go to a once a week uh, format coming out on Tuesdays. And so I hope that you are going to continue to find really good content and information here. And so we have a lot of great interviews and content coming up. And so we have some talk that we're going to be doing with WordPress when we have Dustin Hartzler come on next week. We also have Daniel J. Lewis that's going to be coming on and sharing some things that he learned as he was exploring for the last several months, some different podcasting assumptions. And uh, don't be fooled. It doesn't apply just the podcasting. This can apply to any form of content creation as well. And so he looked at a lot of different assumptions, and we're going to kind of get the summation of his uh, findings there and share some more of his experience as well as he is an uh, experienced podcaster. In fact, he his uh, podcast about podcasting was an uh, award winner. Uh, I think it was two years ago, 2012. And so uh, definitely thankful to be able to have him on. And so we have a lot of other great guests that are coming up as well that I know that you will want to stay tuned for. And so uh, if you want to get 
all of this information, you can go to the website, creativestudio.academy, and you can be able to find out more. You can be able to click the link to subscribe at iTunes, or you can get to the show notes, and you can also be able to um, sign up to be uh, subscribed for the newsletter. And so there's going to be a lot of great things coming on that newsletter down the road. So normally, I don't want to put too many call to actions at the end here, uh, but there's a lot of things that are going on. And so, but just the main thing, you can go to the website, you can get all the information that you need and you're looking for. And if there's anything I could do to be a help to you, definitely let me know. And so you can be able to go to the website, click on contact or feedback and shoot me a note to let me know any questions that you may have. And I would love to be able to do my best to answer them here. If I can't answer them myself, I will look for an expert or someone that can be able to come on and be able to bring some information. And so that's what we're here for, to help each other be able to grow and to be able to be able to take everything that we're doing in our content creation to another level to be able to um, expand our reach, to be able to increase our own abilities and our own skills. But then obviously we want to help people. And so hopefully that should be one of our uh, central desires is to be able to help others as well as we're going along this road. And so one thing that I love and uh, I'll be mentioning many times as we go through this journey is the definition of an expert is not someone that knows everything, but someone that knows something a little bit more than the person coming behind them. So take what you know, pass it on to the person behind you. You'll be considered an expert, but then you turn right around and reach to the person in front of you to get a little bit more and pass it back as you keep going. And so it's just a process that we just keep going through. And so that's what we're doing here in the Creative Studio Academy. So I hope that you'll join in this uh, uh, in this content creation and help in the participation and the conversations that will be going on. And so definitely excited for the things that are going to be coming up. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off for this session, and we will talk to you next session next week.